Okay, so all kidding aside, I'm going to apologize right now for this joke. I'm going to make it, but I'm not going to feel good about it. I just want you guys to know that. So, what did Blackbeard use to safely and securely enlist his crew? GDPR. Yeah, I know. You're welcome for that one. Well, a happy Wednesday to all my favorite web designers and developers and everybody else out there in podcast land. I am your host, Michael Feenan, and you are listening to Real Time Overview. I apologize in advance. I am fighting a little bit of a cold, so if I'm a little bit raspy or get a little rough, well, that's just how it's got to be this week. But I'm going to fight through it for you because that's just the way we do around here. To get started, let's head over to UX Design. As fields like UI and UX have matured, many of us find ourselves going back and reviewing the methodologies that people are crafting to improve our trade. Now, Boma Josiah has shared a case study exercise last month at UX Collective looking at creating an improved user experience for customers of a fictional shopping site. While the site he uses isn't real, the process very much is, and he shows the great detail he goes to in order to identify the problems customers are facing and how to solve them. In the article, he shows examples of affinity mapping and personas and wireframing and much, much more, including screenshots of everything along the way. It's an excellent showcase of how we combine these techniques collectively to solve a problem. Boma's case study provides a singular look at the process of strategically approaching user experience to identify and resolve issues. The strength in this particular piece resides in how he describes not just the tools and process he used, but also the thinking and reasoning behind it, making it a great guide to not just the why behind the exercise, but also the how. This article came out in mid-April, so if you haven't already seen it, swing by UX Collective and check it out. John Moore swings for the fences with an article offering you a 25-step program for becoming a great designer. One of the most common things to do when you're learning a new web skill is to search for some kind of process you can follow to become great at whatever it is that you find interesting. Frequently, folks become frustrated by either the lack of options or that the best guides are all gated behind something out of reach like a paid learning management system or a professional development program. This is where John is stepping in, offering an overview of what you can do if design interests you and how to be better at it six months from now. We're not just talking about hard skills either. Yes, tools are absolutely important, but John makes it a point to emphasize the soft skills as well early on, observing the world around you, reading and talking to people and things like that. I won't ruin the article by hitting all the points here. There's 25 of them. There'd be a lot to go through. Instead, I want to draw attention to how it emphasizes that things we're generally afraid of are perfectly okay in the context of improving your skills. Screwing up copying something. These aren't necessarily activities to avoid, it's part of a very important process that helps you find your particular voice. You know what? John Moore, 25-step program for becoming a great designer. Go read it. I'm calling this the must-read for the week, so there you go. (music) 
Let's hold strong with this UX news this week and swing around to Web Designer Depot, where Bin Moss reports on the news that Adobe has gone and released their experience design application, literally called XD, free to customers. This is a very interesting move from Adobe, who are trying to position XD as a product that will eventually be bigger and more important to the company than Photoshop. At a glance, this appears to be a move designed to go head-to-head with the relatively cheap competition from companies like Envision and Sketch. Now, people will argue that XD isn't necessarily as fully baked as some of the other systems like Envision and Sketch, but I would also argue that people are willing to forgive a whole lot of shortcomings when the price tag is free. It doesn't hurt that by offering XD as a loss leader, Adobe is likely to bring in more creative cloud customers in the process. So are you using any UX design platforms? Which one is your favorite and why? Will this entice you to jump into Adobe XD? We want to hear what you have to say on this subject, so stop by DrunkmanUX.com and leave us your comment. Last week we mentioned that Material Design would be getting a 2.0 refresh at Google I.O. This week the Envision blog is covering three of the big announcements that were made about the framework. After that whole Adobe news, I feel like I need to throw Envision a little bit of a bone on this one. Google is working on simplifying the design language that drives material design a bit, and they've started with material theming. Material theming is a fairly straightforward idea, similar to root-level CSS where you can define things like system fonts and colors, and have changes to them easily reflected throughout your system. In retrospect, the fact that this is being touted as a new option makes me realize how weird it is that it wasn't already there. (laughs) Second, they've dropped a Material Theme Editor plugin for Sketch. Oddly absent are options for Envision or Adobe XD. There's not much revolutionary here, and it does probably what you would expect, making it easier to prototype a design in Sketch while adhering to Material Design guidelines. Finally, there was an announcement of an icon set to complement the existing Material Design feature set so that designers can build internally consistent and familiar interfaces for users. We mentioned last week that this update wasn't necessarily expected to contain any big bombshells, but it's good to see them moving ahead with the framework rather than letting it languish. Have you used material design for a project? Let us know about it. We're Drunken UX on Twitter. The last couple of episodes of the Drunken UX podcast have included moments where we've emphasized the need to extend your education constantly and to focus on foundational concepts to be a better web designer or developer. To supplement that message, Just in Mind has a list of 10 interaction design books to read. Their list includes options like Don Norman's The Design of Everyday Things to some more digitally focused options like Designing Connected Products. The idea behind studying things like user experience design and human-computer interaction is that you shouldn't just focus on websites and applications. The foundation of these subjects extends well beyond the scope of the digital arena. By supplementing your knowledge on digital topics with real-world counterparts from folks like Don Norman or Alan Cooper, you stand to gain a lot, not just about how people view your website, but just how people view things. Ultimately, it's that trait that really separates the good designers from the great ones. Go check out one of the books that Justin Mind suggests and let us know what you think about it. I know the choice for text and background colors might seem like black and white, but... Uh, I'm sorry, I already feel bad for making that joke. You'll have to forgive me later. Anyway, head over to UX Movement for an article about why you should never use pure black for text or backgrounds. 
The subject is actually pretty straightforward, and it hinges on the idea that black and white contrast is a source of eye strain. As someone that works at a computer all day long, I can tell you that it's absolutely right. For instance, if you look at a popular tool like Atom, they don't use white text on a black background now, they use white on dark gray. It's a relatively simple concept that I feel we don't think about enough when we're designing websites, especially if you're making something meant for users to stare at and read for long periods of time. My company made this same switch a couple years back using SAS variables to change our black text to a color that's actually a few percentage points lighter than black. There's certainly a balance to maintain if you do this and you can take it too far, but this is a simple UX change you can consider making for your next project. If you're looking for links to all these articles and a whole lot more, swing by our site at drunkenux.com and look for the link to the show notes. It'll be right there on the homepage for the next couple weeks. Everything mentioned today will be there. Leave us a comment and let us know what you found most useful. As always, you can catch us on Twitter or Facebook at slash drunkenux or use our contact form if you've seen any news you'd like to have featured on a future episode of Real Time Overview. I've been your host, Michael Feenan. If you missed Monday's episode of the Drunken UX Podcast, be sure to go back and check it out. Strategy car host Elena Wines joined us to chat about web strategy. Until next time, keep your personas close and your users closer. <laughs>